You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what's up, guys? Welcome back inside another episode of Straight Up Saints. It's your boy, Chris. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Rose Vogel Report and on Instagram at Saints underscore straight up. So the first round of the NFL draft comes to an end, and it was a little bit of a surprise selection for the New Orleans Saints. And by surprise, I mean the fans were surprised. And if you were being a realist about everything and you know the history of them drafting offensive linemen, eh, maybe it shouldn't shock you as much. But the Saints go with Cesar Ruiz from Michigan, best interior offensive lineman in this class. But there is a debate to be had as to whether or not it was the right pick for the Saints. Um, And the truth of the matter is you don't really know until they play on the field and you see who was taken ahead and who was taken behind and whether or not you got good value. But on the surface, while a lot of people are frustrated with the pick, I'm here to tell you I like the pick. And I think the Saints made the right selection because at the end of the day, why did we talk about the Saints getting eliminated in the first round of the playoffs in 2019? We talked about the interior offensive line getting buried. You saw Pete get abused. You saw Warford get abused. And you noticed if Ramchek and Armstead aren't on their A games, this O-line just isn't that good. So that's something the Saints had to fix, and they didn't address it in free agency. Now they kept Andrews Pete, which is nice and all, but they didn't address the other guard spot. So what you do here by drafting Ruiz, you can now either play him or McCoy at guard. I think it might be McCoy just because it's easier to have the second-year guy transfer over there instead of having a rookie make the switch. But who knows? We'll see what happens there. And then you have a really nice young offensive line with Ruiz, with McCoy, with Ramchek, with Pete, with Armstead. And you'll notice I left a name out. And the name I left out was Larry Warford, who, by the way, when the Saints added him in free agency a couple years ago, was a great pickup. And he's been a very good teammate. He's been a solid uh, you know, player for them. But 2019 wasn't a good year. And he didn't look in shape, in my opinion. He got beat way more times than he did in 2017 and 2018. I just didn't like him, personally, uh, with the way he played this past season for the Saints. Um, And we like Warford. I get that. But the Saints can move him, and now you have a younger option, whether you put McCoy or Ruiz at that right guard spot. And also, you're going to save money in the process. There's a lot of reasons why I like this deal, and I'll go through every one. But the salary thing's a big deal. You're going to get a young player on a rookie contract compared to giving Warford a big deal or signing a guard to a big deal. And we saw how much offensive guards are making now in the NFL. Um, guys who we thought might have been on the Saints' radars uh, got really big deals during free agency. You know, Eric Flowers, who is considered a bust, got a three-year, $30 million deal because now he's a serviceable guard. That's just the way the market is trending. So now the Saints, for the next five years, are going to have a guy on a reasonable contract. You have McCoy on a rookie deal. And those two deals are really going to help the Saints because guess what? Ramchek is eventually going to break the bank and be the highest paid right tackle. Um, it's, it's a matter of time. It's really inevitable. We all see it. So salary is a big deal for me. Two, upgrading at a position of need. I don't know why a lot of people thought this, but offensive line was a position need. A lot of people just thought it wasn't for some reason, but it clearly was a position of need. They get younger at that position. They get better at that position. And more importantly, they get versatile at that position. And I think that's something that not many offensive lines have to offer. Remember when the Saints took Andrus Pete? Andrus Pete was an offensive tackle. And it was weird that they took him because you had Armstead and you had Streif and you're like, oh, where does he fit? But then you realize, oh, the Saints have a vision for Andrus Pete as a guard. And now 
Andrews Pete's a controversial topic, and I don't really want to spend much time on him, but my point is the Saints have visions for guys that they select. They did not take Cesar Ruiz to be a backup, okay? They didn't just take him to piss you guys off and say, let's have two centers. No, clearly, Ruiz or McCoy, one of the two, is going to be their right guard, and the Saints see that being a smooth transition for whoever that player is going to be. So I like that. I like that they're versatile. I like that they address a position of need. I like that it saves money. Let's talk about who was on the board. We love to say the Saints don't like LSU players. Why aren't we ripping the other teams after the Saints that didn't draft Patrick Queen? Because last time I checked, Patrick Queen wasn't the second linebacker taken off the board, and he wasn't the third linebacker taking off the board. And I like Patrick Queen a lot. I told you guys on this show multiple times, if the Saints take Patrick Queen, cool, I'm for that pick. But guess what? He did not get taken second or third at his position. Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech went to Seattle before Baltimore took Patrick Queen. That should probably tell you something, in my opinion, that Seattle was willing to do that. Um, so, so I think that's a telling sign. And then you have teams like Green Bay who could have used a linebacker, didn't take him. Instead, they took Jordan Love. And remember, the Chargers trade to get back into the first round. They target a linebacker. Who'd they target? Kenneth Murray. So maybe some of us as fans of LSU football overvalued Patrick Queen compared to what teams see him as. And I think the linebacker spot, which is still a position of need, I can't debate that with you guys, is something they'll address tonight on day two of the draft. And I'll give you a couple of options in a couple of minutes about who they can target to help out that spot. Um, But those are definitely positions there. So like I said, you're going to get younger on the O-line. You're improving a position of need. You're going cheaper with the salary. And here's the most important part. The interior offensive line depth in this class sucks for lack of a better word it just sucks and I tweeted this out a couple of weeks ago that if we were going by prospects for positions here's who they should target and my only first round guy that I had for interior offensive line for a grade was Ruiz and I said if the Saints take Ruiz I'm cool with the pick look Jordan Love was there at 24 you guys know I'm a big Jordan Love guy but the Saints go with an immediate impact player you guys have been asking for an immediate impact player you got one it's just not the position that you wanted um, because he's not flashy, and I get it. Offensive line picks aren't sexy, but like I said, they're effective, and you'll see how effective Ruiz can be on Sundays in the fall. Um, there's a very good chance this could be another Ram check situation where the pick isn't glorified at first, and then in a year or two from now, you're like, man, the Saints knew what they were doing, and then you realize that's why we're fans, and they're the ones making those big decisions. Um, but anyway, I, I do like the pick, guys, and it's not for me just taking the optimistic approach and trying to put any positive spin on it, I genuinely think Cesar Ruiz is a good player. He was the number one center recruit coming out of high school. He was the number center prospect, number one center prospect coming into the NFL. He's just number one at his position every single time he gets to the next level. And now let's see what he can do with the Saints. And I think it's going to be nothing but good things for Cesar Ruiz. Now let's switch over, though, to day two. What do the Saints need to do? Who can they attack? It's pretty clear they need a linebacker. They need a wide receiver. They need a cornerback, and they might need a quarterback of the future. Let's keep quarterback of the future off the table for now, and let's keep cornerback of the future off the table for now because cornerback, I tweeted this out, and I'll stick with it. If the Saints don't uh, draft a corner in this year's class, Eli Apple's still on the market. Maybe go snag him if you can for a cheap deal, and he's your third outside corner behind Janoris and Marshawn. I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. The guy knows the system. He's still relatively young. Maybe a one-year deal. Prove it. Let him go make his money elsewhere in 2021. I think it's a nice scenario. 
for the Saints. So let's talk about linebacker and let's talk about receiver. Two positions that the Saints desperately need to fix in my uh, upgrade, in my opinion. And probably the two positions everyone was hoping they would address in the first round. And of course, everyone was, you know, desperate that they'd get Justin Jefferson, hoping that would happen. And look, I was with you guys. When it got to like pick 21, I was like, oh my God, Justin Jefferson might fall to the Saints. And then here comes those damn Vikings. I mean, they're so annoying, those damn Vikings, every single time. But then everyone switches their opinion to linebacker because they need a linebacker. Queen's there, the LSU fit. Let's do it. And they don't go that route. So they still need to go linebacker and they still need to go receiver at some point in this draft. And luckily, for the Saints, this is a deep draft at those two positions, in my opinion, and we'll go through them. But let's start with the receivers and who the Saints might be able to take on day two if they choose to go that route. There's a lot of guys, and some guys who had day one grades from some scouts and some others that weren't day one grades, but everyone's saying he'll be an immediate uh, playmaker uh, from the moment he hits the field in the NFL. And here's the names that I think the Saints are probably going to be linked to. Doesn't mean they're going to take him. But they're, they're solid options if they choose to go wide out on day two. Those options are T. Higgins, Denzel Mims, LaVisca Chenault, Michael Pittman Jr., Van Jefferson, K.J. Hamler, Chase Claypool. Those are just a couple that are the main dudes, especially guys like Mims and Higgins who were given round one grades by a lot of scouts. Um, those are the top wide receiver prospects heading into day two. So I'm just giving you seven guys off the bat that are really good. And then if we want to go down the list, you have your KJ Hills. You have your Brian Edwards, who really underrated prospect right there. Um, you have your James Prochets. There's a lot of good wide receivers in this class. The Saints are going to get one, I think. I don't know if it's going to be day two or it's going to be day three. They're going to get one. You have a guy like Quez Watkins from Southern Miss, who I really like. He might be a player um, for them there. So... I think the Saints are fine at wideout. They'll figure it out. Um, you got Courtney Davis from AM, who might be a nice day three prospect. If the Saints don't go wide receiver on day two, I'm really not going to get worried about that because I think even day three, there are options if they want to go that route. But if they do, like I just said, I just gave you about 10 names the Saints could go after if they want to and will be solid wide receiver for them for years to come. But let's talk about linebacker. Because that's the spot. If we're going to have a sense of urgency and say, let's get it done, linebacker's a spot for me that the Saints have to attack in this draft. And I think the linebacker crew, it's not as deep as the wide receivers, but there are still some playmakers left on the board. And let's look at who the Saints could get at linebacker. And for me, the top guy has to be either Willie Gay or Malik Harrison. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty with Willie Gay, and I think that's the, the scary part about drafting a guy like him. And the only reason I don't think the Saints are going to get Willie Gay is the same reason why they got Cesar Ruiz. Not only does Sean bring up that he's got quick feet, that he pulls out well um, from that center position to get out in space, Ruiz has it all. He's an athletic run blocker who's also a mauler in the pass blocking game, but he continues to bring up the character of Cesar Ruiz. He's a good kid, quick learner. Those are important qualities, especially in a draft year where you don't have face-to-face meetings and you don't get to see these guys up close and personal, maybe guys with character concerns fall and and just don't go as high as they would in normal years. And that's where Willie Gay comes in because Willie Gay on the field, really talented linebacker. I mean, he's a guy with first-round potential. Um, and, and in my opinion, and I don't mean this as a disrespect to a guy like Kenneth Murray, I think Willie Gay is like a Kenneth Murray 2.0 as a prospect. Like, why isn't he considered round one compared to Murray? And I think the main reason is because he wasn't on the field that much because he got suspended over something stupid. And I like Willie Gay. I'd love to see him on the Saints, 
but I don't know if it's going to happen just because of the character concerns. But that's a linebacker prospect who is very talented and is available on day two, and he's not the only one. Malik Harrison from Ohio State, um, he's not going to wow you on tape like Willie Gay or Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen, but he does all the little things well, and we already know the Saints have that Ohio State connection down pat, so maybe they decide to go that route. And if they want Malik Harrison, they'll probably have to move up from pick 88, but I'll discuss that in just a brief moment. Other linebackers worth considering. Logan Wilson from Wyoming, really, really smart kid. Um, I would like to see him on the Saints. You've seen some people link him. uh, Like Larry Holder, I believe, has been linking Logan Wilson to the Saints. So that's a name worth considering. Um, Akeem davis Gyther from uh, Appalachian State. Uh, My guy Ross Jackson's been a big fan of his. He's one of those dudes where you put on the film, and because he's at App State and he's playing against inferior uh, competition, he dominates it. So maybe that's cause for concern, but for me, I don't care. If you dominate your opponent, I don't care what conference you're on, you're a hell of a player. Um, And I think uh, Akeem would be a nice fit for the Saints there. I also like Evan Weaver from Cal, tackling machine. Um, But I do have concerns that maybe, just maybe, he's good at being the cleanup crew guy and he's not going to offer anything else. So I have my concerns there. And then the wild card guys from the Pac-12 that I really like, Troy Dye and Davion Taylor. Really athletic, great in coverage. Really versatile, too. The Saints can put them all around the field if they want to. I wouldn't mind if they go that route. Um, I'd be cool with them grabbing one of those Pac-12 linebackers. I'd also be very happy to see Logan Wilson, Malik Harrison, uh, or any of the guys that I just mentioned on the Saints. The reality is, though, you know, there's a lot of panic going on. that They didn't take a linebacker. What are they doing? If I can list you... 10 receivers here and seven linebackers there that are available on day two. I think it just goes to show, let's just try and calm down, ease back, and realize this Saints team has plenty of picks left. They have plenty of ammo to get something done because they'll have a couple of comp picks next year. Um, Maybe Warford's on the block. That could be used in a trade. The Saints will find a way to get something done. I'm very confident that they will move up on on day two, which leads me to my last point, which talks about a potential trade. I don't think the Saints are going to sit and wait until pick 88. I don't. I don't I don't care. I, the, the history shows that they don't want to. They traded up last year to get McCoy. We've seen them trade up to get Von Bell. Um, we've seen them trade up to do a bunch of things. Trade up to take Kamara in 2017. The Saints always trade on day two. They just love to move up. And you can't blame them because if a guy who you have ranked high on your board slips, go get him. Especially if he's a position to need, makes even more sense. Um, and I think the Saints are going to do that today. I think the Saints are going to see a linebacker or a wide receiver that they value a lot. And if they're on the board, they're going to go get him. And it's just an interesting thing where are they going to move pick 88 and future assets? Or are they going to try and just keep pick 88 and use future assets to get another day, uh, you know, second or third round pick in this year's draft? I think that's the bigger debate. I think the Saints are moving tonight. I can't see them waiting 50-something picks to make their selection in round three. That's not Sean. That's not Mickey. I think they're going to move. What do they do? What do they give up? That's going to be the interesting thing. Heck, I'd love to see if the Saints can move 88 and Warford and get into round two. Um, I don't know which team would be willing to take that deal. My guess would be someone like Seattle that has offensive line issues right now and can use Larry Warford. Um, But I think those are things to consider. So I wouldn't get worried. The Saints are going to be aggressive. They always are. And they still have a chance to fill those positions of needs uh, at wide receiver, linebacker, even quarterback or cornerback. But the offensive line position, which I had in my top five needs, take it off the board. They already solved that with the pick of Caesar 
Ruiz. But that's going to do it for this episode of Straight Up Saints, guys. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this recap episode of the first round selection for the Saints in the 2020 draft. If you did like the Cesar Ruiz pick, let me know why you're a fan of it. And if you didn't, let me hear that as well um, because I know it's a very mixed reaction right now from the Houdat Nation. But definitely appreciate um, you guys and, and what input you have. Now, remember, next week, once the draft concludes, I'm starting those fan interactions. So I'm going to post something either today or tomorrow um, about that, and I'll, I'll message you guys privately about how we're going to uh, conduct this whole thing where I have you guys on the show and state your case and opinions and, and debate uh, what took place during this draft. But we'll see what happens because there's still six more rounds, and the Saints have plenty of time to get something done here. But thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Friday and have an excellent weekend. And hopefully the Saints address a couple of positions of needs in the coming days.